0: Hello beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guide to Love podcast. I'm Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Caitlin Raymond here. She's a pelvic floor physical therapist, a background
1: in fitness and Pilates. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to have you because we are talking about a very important topic today, y'all. The pelvic floor And just even like what it is, is so important in terms of sexuality and relationships. So go into more about what
1: you're doing. So, um, the pelvic floor physical therapy is, it's very specialized and it's kind of funny how I got into it because before I went to PT school, I did not like any kind of touch. And so pelvic floor therapy, if you know anything about it's pretty intimate. It's a pretty intimate form of physical therapy. Um, so my family is like, I don't know how you got into this. Um, but after going through PT school, we didn't really learn much about it. And then I went on to get my um, rehab-based body certification. And I learned more about the connection with the deep core. And I was like, everyone needs to learn about the pelvic floor. It's a vital part of our deep core system, which gives us stability. Um, so I was like, I'm going to take some courses. And after the first course, which within an hour or two, you literally take your pants off and you do an exam on each other. Um, I was like, if that didn't bother me, I'm ready to go. Um, so I got into it and took a bunch of courses. I'm still taking courses. I love learning about it. And my favorite thing is educating other people on it. Because like you said, we don't talk about it. First off, we don't really talk about sex much, which I love that what you're doing with your podcast. Um, but we also don't talk about the pelvic floor or anything else that kind of comes along with it, like our bladder function, our bowel function. No one even knows what a healthy habits are in those areas. Mm,
0: yes. And I love that because I think that, you know, the more I've gone into this, I've learned about the pelvic floor. But even for me, I was like, oh, you know, there's conflicting viewpoints. This is what we were talking about before we started recording in terms of, um, do you even need to see a pelvic floor therapist? Doesn't matter. You know, so go into that.
1: Yeah, so the pelvic floor is different than a lot of our other muscles because like, let's talk about our bicep. We can see our bicep contract. When we pick something up, we understand that that muscle's shortening to kind of lift the object. With our pelvic floor, we can't see it. Um, and like our jaw and our upper traps, we hold tension there and in our pelvic floor. And so that's when it becomes a little tricky because we first off don't really talk about a lot of things in our pelvic region. So a lot of people don't have good awareness. Um, we don't think about it. We don't like to talk about it. We don't even really explore it on ourselves. Um, there's a really funny YouTube video. I, it's not like funny. I think it's really awesome. Um, but it's talking about women seeing their vulvas for the first time. Have you seen it? No. I need to- okay, I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Um, it's just like, it's kind of crazy because it's our body and we just don't have any connection to it. And so um, the pelvic floor is inside there. It sits in our pelvis like a bowl, just like it sounds like the floor of our pelvis. Um, And it has a lot of functions. It keeps us continent. So urine and fecal matter, um, which we really like. (laughs) And then it also is really important in our sexual function, which you guys have talked about in your podcast before. Um, We need to be able to contract it, relax it, contract it, relax it to have pleasurable intercourse. Um, It's also really important in stabilizing our pelvis. So everything stems kind of from our pelvis, like our spine roots from the pelvis, um, our arms come from our spine and that area and our legs. And so all those things kind of depend on us having that stability in our core. Um, just even walking, we're going from one leg to the other, one leg to the other, and that we need that stability. Um, and then also it's really important to kind of keep fluid moving. It's called a sump pump. Um, and that just means that it kind of keeps fluid from getting congested in our pelvic region.
0: Mm, okay. So how would someone know that they have pelvic core issues?
1: Um, so the biggest things that I see are with four things. So bladder function, let's start there. On average, it's normal to go to the bathroom two to four, to, like two to four hours windows, about five to eight times a day. So a lot of people don't really understand how much they're going to the bathroom. But if your first thought when you get somewhere is where's the bathroom, I need to know where it is because I have to go. <laughs> or if you're like, have that urgency where you're like, I don't know if I'm even going to make it. So you're like running to the bathroom. If you have any kind of urine leakage, those are all common things that happen, especially in women, but they are not normal. So that's telling us something that could be going on with the pelvic floor. Um, bowel dysfunction. So if you are, this can be a lot of things with diet and and things like that but a lot of times the pelvic floor muscles are involved because in order to have a bowel movement we need to be able to lengthen our pelvic floor muscles kind of relax them so that we can evacuate the stool from our rectum and so what happens is sometimes people don't have that connection and so when they think they're pushing to have a bowel movement they're actually contracting their pelvic floor and so they have that constipation because they can't evacuate Um, so that's another thing pelvic floor um involvement with bowels and then with sexual function Um, If you're unable to have an orgasm, um, there's lots of things that go into that. But one thing could be the strength of your pelvic floor muscles because they do need to contract and lengthen. Um, And then another thing is if you have recurring back pain or hip pain that you've thought maybe more conventional physical therapy, or you've gotten different injections, um, steroids and that kind of stuff, and you're not seeing any improvement in your pain, that could be pelvic floor dysfunction. And then lastly, having any pain in your pelvic region. So if you have pain with putting tampons in, if you have pain with intercourse, if you have pain with a gynecological exam, those things should not hurt. People are shocked when I tell them that a gynecological exam shouldn't hurt um, because so many women have tightness in their pelvic floor and it is painful when people insert that speculum.
0: Wow. I'm glad you brought that up though. It's never hurt for me. And so I think that's very fascinating. The... that's an issue for so many women
1: yeah and also it's like people get a little nervous too like it's um an intimate thing going to the gynecologist and if you're nervous about it you're most likely going to tense up so it's (laughs) also just kind of bringing awareness
0: the tensing up causes pain
1: um yeah so if you're tight muscles are really tight and they try to insert insert something it's going to hurt it might feel like burning um and that kind of thing So it's, um, that's like a big thing that when I ask people, they're like, oh yeah, that does bother me. Um, so. Wow. And
0: I can think of so many people too. And you said the thing about, are you always looking for a bathroom? I'm like, oh no.
1: (laughs) I know it's crazy because, um, the other thing with that bladder function is our bladder is very trainable. And so we kind of like train it into these habits. If we constantly go to the bathroom when we first sense our urge, it's going to always want to empty when we first have that urge which really our bladders can fit 400 to 600 milliliters of fluid. And we first sensed it at 150 milliliters on average. And so we don't actually have to empty. So you have to think, okay, when I just went to the bathroom, did I actually um, void a lot of urine or was it just a little amount?
0: Mm. Yeah. And sometimes it can almost be like a nervous habit. I
1: need to go to the bathroom. I just need to get away from this room real quick. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of things that I do in pelvic floor therapy with urge suppression techniques, because if we do, if we keep kind of playing into like, if we're nervous, we go to the bathroom, um, then we train it, like I said. So what I really educate women on is we can get into the breathing because I think that's one of the most important things. Um, But we take like deep breaths, we do distraction techniques, because then they usually realize, oh, I don't actually have to go to the bathroom. Um, and when you are anxious, um, something that could be happening is you're tightening your core muscles. And when our core muscles fire, our pelvic floor usually fires too. And so that can lead to that tension in those muscles that makes you feel like you have to go to the bathroom. Mm, so man. taking time to like, yeah, so taking time to take those deep breaths, because when we inhale, we actually lengthen our pelvic floor. Um, so if we're breathing properly, which I find that I have to educate almost every single one of my patients, or so or pelvic, um, how to breathe properly. You, you said in terms of breathing through the stomach, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, taking a diaphragmatic breath. So there's four muscles that are a part of our deep core, which we've really talked about the pelvic floor right now. But we have three other muscles that function with our pelvic floor. So we have our diaphragm. We have our transverse abdominis, which is one of our deepest core muscles that wraps around our abdomen. And then we have back stabilizers called multifidus. All four of those muscles have to turn together like four gears in order for the system to work. And so what happens is lots of times we need to re-educate that system, whether we've had trauma to it or we've we've had any pain. If we've had back pain or something like that, sometimes our muscles are like, hey, let's not work in this environment. It really hurts. Um, I'm not working. And so then we have to kind of re-educate that system. And so how I like to first kind of educate people on that system is through breath, because just like I was talking about with the bicep, if we think about how we strengthen our muscles, we go through the full range of motion. We don't ever do a bicep curl just at the top, like pounding away, just at the top, because then our muscle would get tight and it would hurt, but it's not gonna get necessarily stronger. And so thinking about the pelvic floor, we really need to learn how to breathe in and expand, like let that diaphragm come down so our lungs can fill up with air, our pelvic floor gently lengthens towards the ground, our abdomen expands outward, and then when we exhale, it should kind of recoil back together. And then based on what we're doing, those muscles fire at a different intensity based on the demand. Um, And that process should be pretty automatic. But I've learned because of some of our lifestyle or because of our history, sometimes that's not automatic. And so it's really important. That's my first thing I teach people, regardless of why they're coming in, is how to breathe and how to kind of get that deep core system working appropriately.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because the thing is, it's like, you know, I was even thinking, what about hello? Hashtag everybody and their mother has anxiety now. So they're not breathing, right?
1: Yep, exactly. And when we do have anxiety, like I said, we tighten up. So whether you're having jaw pain, which the masks kind of also lead to that a little bit, or if we're having like upper shoulder pain, neck pain, we're most likely also holding it in our pelvis, pelvic floor. And so I have seen a lot more people having pelvic floor dysfunction during this pandemic because it's been stressful. Everything's uncertain. Um, Maybe we've lost our job. Um, Maybe we've been sick. Maybe family members have been sick. And so we're holding all that tension in our pelvic floor and we don't even know. We can't sense it. Like if we don't have that good connection, we don't even know that it's lifted up. It feels normal to us. So learning how to kind of relax it back down.
0: And I've noticed that with clients where it's like, well, of course you can't experience pleasure because you're
1: like like this. Exactly. It's, it's wild. And once people, the best thing about pelvic floor therapy for the most part, um, I've also changed over to a cash based practice. So I feel like I'm getting a lot of people who are very proactive with their health. Um, but it's like a few sessions. Like I have people come in and they've had this going on. My, one of my favorite clients I work with, um, he had pelvic pain, um, for 10 years, five years, pretty bad. Um, Mm -hmm. and he kept getting put on different rounds of antibiotics. And antibiotics have some degree of pain um, killers in them. So it makes you feel better for a little bit, but it doesn't address the problem usually because it's usually a muscular thing. Could be started from something else. That's a whole nother topic we can talk about later. Um, But he came in to see me after five years of having intense pain, um, trying everything. He thought he was trying everything. He came in to see me. I saw him for four sessions and he got his pain down to a zero to one. And then he knew what to do if he got a little bit above a one. It was wild. It's just like learning about the pelvic floor. It also gives you a peace of mind. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm not broken. My muscles just aren't functioning how I want. I need to teach them how to work again. And then giving everyone the tools to be empowered to help themselves. Mm.
0: And listen, you know, I interviewed someone recently and he said, and this, this is my motto too, which I love because you're in the similar boat. The best doctors, healers, counselors, therapists, whatever, are people that you work with them and then they never see you
1: again, <laughs> you know? Exactly, that's what I tell people. I'm like, my goal is not to have you come in here once a week for the rest of your life. Yeah. If, if you're relying on someone to fix you, um, I don't think you're truly addressing the problem, uh, especially with physical therapy. Uh, that's like how, what we're taught, like we wanna give you the tools to help yourself. Like I want you, whether you have pelvic floor function or back pain, I want you to know, okay, I need to do these things when I feel the pain come on and I know it's going to decrease my pain.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure you've noticed this, or I've definitely noticed this in terms of the coaching industry and therapy, really people see therapists for years. People see coaches for years. I'm all about coaching. I mean, I'm a coach, but I also feel like, you know, then you, you see them and then you move
1: on, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Or, and like, it's definitely okay if you like take a break off and you're like, okay, I've kind of like forgotten some of the things, or maybe I just need some like dry needling or something like that um, to come back in. But yeah, if you're coming in like once, twice a week for years, um, I wouldn't love that. (laughs) Mm. I want you to be able to help yourself. There's lots of cool tools out there um, to also help you do your own manual therapy as well.
0: Yes, definitely. I love that. I'm all about self-empowerment. Okay, so in terms of in helping with increasing orgasms, go into that.
1: Yeah, so our muscles have to be strong to have like a good orgasm, because what an orgasm is, is it's like rapidly firing up the pelvic floor. And so if A, our muscles are really tight, uh, it could be painful when you have intercourse, Even if it's not painful, when the muscles are more contracted, um, they don't have that full degree of motion. If that makes sense with the bicep, like we're not getting as much power just at the top of the range of motion as we do when we get that full contraction. So kind of having a little bit, A, sometimes it's just an awareness thing. Okay, I didn't realize my pelvic floor was holding up there. And then a lot of times if we've been there for a while where we've been a little bit more tight, then we don't have the strength. We're tight, but we're weak. And so kind of getting into that, bringing more awareness to get that full range of motion um, and then kind of getting more strength there can help your orgasms be more like pleasurable and powerful um, when you have them. Mm, Yes.
0: Yeah. And I'm all about that. Yeah. Because I talked to a woman the other day and it sounded like sometimes it's almost like (laughs) she was like, I feel like sometimes I have to push and fight for the orgasm. So what is that? Is that, um, could that be just a public floor issue, you think?
1: It could be a combination because intercourse is such a physical and mental thing happening. It's not just one thing. Uh, my dog's coming in here. <laughs> and so when it comes to intercourse, if you, and women, I feel like this is just my thoughts. I haven't looked totally into the research on this, but women can think about like five different things at once, where men, when they're having intercourse, it's like one thing, they're like one end goal um, is to have the orgasm and stuff like that. And where women, I can be thinking about like eight different things. And so sometimes I feel like that's probably what she's talking about too. She's having to fight maybe to stay connected in there. And then also it could be that her pelvic floor muscles aren't quite strong enough to get that full, um, contraction.
0: Yeah, definitely. You're so right about that. (laughs) That is so true about women.
1: Yeah. And that (laughs) plays a big role too. And and also I feel like a lot of it is just going back to our awareness. Do we know our bodies? Um, do we know how to contract our pelvic floor? Do we know how to lengthen our pelvic floor? Um, can we sense it? Like during the day, I don't, I think it's because women have been told this a lot, their life and men, but we pull our abdomen in. We always want to have a flat stomach. Um, and when we're constantly doing that, we're lifting our pelvic floor and I still have to remind myself, okay, stop pulling your stomach and it does not need to be tight when I'm sitting down. Um, and then I can feel my pelvic floor release. So it's wild. You just have to kind of be uh, more aware. I feel like that's a really big thing with the pelvic floor
0: wow yeah because what about in terms of kegels right they say the kegels are is that kind of similar to what what people are doing with the pulling
1: in yeah so kegels are a whole thing because your doctor might just tell like if you go into your doctor and you're like hey i'm having leakage they might be like okay do some kegels mm-hmm. um no one's checking if you're doing your kegels correctly I was actually reading some, it was like a research article and I, I believe it was 60% of people actually are doing them improperly. So you could be going through and doing your Kegels, you think, um, where you could be pushing down, um, you could be just squeezing your glutes. I see that a lot where people are like, I'm doing it. Um, and they're squeezing their glutes and they're squeezing their inner thighs together. Um, and so it's really important, especially if like, I think there is a time and place for Kegels. Um, I think the biggest thing is being able to lengthen and contract, not just focus on the contraction. Um, That's where that breath can come into play. But then also, that's why it's so important to have someone check you out that's trained in this because I have so many people who I try, at first when I evaluate someone, I really don't give a lot of cues. I want to see what they do. And it is wild. They're like, am I doing it? And I'm like, no, (laughs) nothing's happening. So it's like you have to have the digital feedback and then also the awareness. And that kind of comes with time with some people.
0: Wow. I'm so glad I brought this up though, because you're right. Everybody and their mother. I mean, I remember my mom even talking about
1: this with me and like, so many people were like, Oh yeah, you know, got
0: to do your Kegels.
1: I know. (laughs) I think it's Kegels are so interesting too, because it was uh, founded by a male doctor and then he named him after himself. (laughs) Like why not like no other exercise. Like if we're doing a bicep curl, we call it for the bicep moving. Kegels are called Kegels, and why don't we call it like a pelvic floor contraction? Um,
0: but really, I just think that's funny. yeah, awareness of their
1: pelvic floor. Yeah, exactly. I know everyone comes in as like, do I need to do more Kegels? I'm like, no. Most people I see do have that hypertonicity. It's like, there's the two categories if we're going really broad, broad. hypertonicity. So we have like more tightness in our pelvic floor, or we have hypotonicity, which means we don't have as much tone. Um, and so those are the two biggest things that I see with people, the category wise, um, both need to be strengthened. They just need one needs to be down regulated first. So kind of tapping into that parasympathetic system and and getting some calming things happening. Um, and then the other person really does just need the strengthening and awareness.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's so great to make the distinction. Okay, so what final takeaway would you want to give everybody in terms about what we talked about? I know we discussed a lot.
1: I would say I want everyone, male or female, take time to really think about it. Okay, be like, do I have any of these things going on? Like, Be more aware, like, am I going to the bathroom a lot? Am I having a hard time with bowel movements? Do I have a hard time enjoying sex or pain with sex? Um, Or do I have a lot of recurring back and hip pain? Really think about those things and then get help from someone because you could improve your quality of life a ton. Because these things are, even though we don't talk about it a lot, like our bladder and bowel and sexual function are vital pieces of our quality of life. And if we're having issues there... A lot of times we don't feel comfortable bringing it up to our doctor. We might only have like five minutes with them. We don't feel comfortable. Um, it's really important that you're your own advocate. So tune into your body. Take some seconds today. Take some breaths. Think about what you feel um, and then see like, okay, after hearing this, if you're like, wow, now that I know I'm realizing I'm going to the bathroom once an hour, get some help because your decor could get so much stronger, function better. And then in turn, you could have better sex.
0: Mm, yes. We're all about that here. Yes. yeah okay so where can everybody find you if they have any questions or they want to work
1: with you so you can find me on instagram my instagram is at poised underscore pt and then i also work at stat wellness we're in west midtown in atlanta off Howell Mill Road. I do 15 minute free consultations. So if you're like, I'm still not sure if this is the right fit for me, um, give me a call. You can reach out through statwellness.com and book online, or you can always message me over Instagram. And then my email is Caitlin, K-A-T-E-L-Y-N at statwellness.com.
0: Yes, I love it. I'll place your links below. Thank you so much for joining me discussing this really important topic. Yes, this is so fun. I look forward to connecting with you more in the future. Yes, definitely. Y'all be sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know your thoughts and write a review on iTunes. And I will talk with you later. Bye.